Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 125 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Paul, and today I've managed to wrangle on a night to finally come back on because, well, I number one, because I thought he would absolutely love this film, but also because <laughs> he is about to bring back his podcast uh, in a slightly slightly new light and uh, i figured it would be good to have him back on so that he actually you know remembers how to do this stuff how are you doing Anna? <laughs> i'm doing very well that's a great intro yes i'm i'm, I'm doing very well and still alive <laughs> for everybody out there in podcasting land yes yes <laughs> yes and uh you know a uh, collective sigh of just oh no just uh rings around well that's that goes without saying right <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a general oh no whenever you mention my name or my podcast so yes <laughs> yeah we will be coming back on a slide we'll talk about that later but yes yeah. but i'm here now talking uh, about all things this film yes yes and as you can tell from the title of this episode we will be talking about shadow in the cloud today so first and foremost gonna get all of the annoying nitty-gritty stuff out of the way for this podcast if you want to get a hold of us on anything that we've said, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Blokebusters. You can go to Blokebusters.com and check out the website. I think it looked fairly snazzy. Uh, yes, I'm tooting my own horn there. And you can email us, theblokes at Blokebusters.com, if you don't want to be limited to however many characters it is on Twitter these days. I've completely forgotten now. But anyway, uh, after that, the nuts and bolts of this film are actually a little interesting. So, directed by... Roseanne Liang, a budget of low. That is literally the only information I can find. Yeah, <laughs> they, we don't have a budget on this at all. No, I didn't they, have it. No, no. It has not been released by anyone. The only thing that they will say is the budget is low. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's that. And there actually is a box office for this film, despite the fact that it was only released. What? There is. It was only released for one weekend. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, one weekend people couldn't go to the fucking theater, Paul. Go mm -hmm. ahead. What's the box office? Because right, I, so, I didn't even know this. So worldwide, it has made nine hundred eight thousand four hundred and fifty dollars. Right, so nothing. Basically, it made nothing. Okay, so yeah, yeah and a couple Chinese people in <laughs> Wuhan got to see it. Nobody here did. Oh, right. no, that that's not true. It actually what? made forty thousand dollars in the U.S. Who? <laughs> Who rented this off Amazon? Because nobody went and saw it in the theater. <laughs> All right. Yep. <laughs> I, I know. I I was looking into that. 40000 Yep. Guys, if you're one of the 40000 please let us know who you are. Because I nobody saw this movie. Except us. All right. Go on. <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, so, and the people that are actually in this thing. You've got Chloe Grace Moretz. As Maud Garrett, you've got Taylor John Smith as Walter Quaid. Uh, you've got probably I'm I'm going to mispronounce this, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway. Uh, Boiler Cole Jesus. as um, Anton Williams, and you've also got Nick Robinson, Callan Mulvey, Benedict Wall. Joe. Basically nobody, Paul. I don't know why you're reading these names off. No, nobody knows because any these of these are the people. only people in the film. I'm gonna read yeah, but that. nobody knows them. <laughs> this Claude Grace Moritz is the only name you had to read, and then go into the other stuff. But all right, there's other people in this too, folks. I think one guy was an Outlander, right? Am I correct on that or no? Yeah, I think no, so. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, okay. One. All right. So I, like, two, I haven't watched two. it, so I can't yeah. give you a. Yeah, that's for chicks. That's a chick show. But go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, I'm genuinely intrigued to hear your unfurnished opinion on this film because. Like, full disclosure for this one, I saw the trailer for this, and my initial reaction was, well, that film looks both stupid and entertaining, I'm in. So, <laughs> so I think that's that's it. I don't know where <laughs> else you're going to go with it. I, entertaining is a bit of a stretch. It is, boy, it's dumb. It's really dumb. It's also cribbed from a lot of other stuff. Basically, it's a Twilight Zone episode extended out to an hour and 23 minutes. Uh, yeah, and the problem is when you can't get a film to 90 minutes, 
that's a problem, I guess, in the first, uh, just in the overview of the thing. It's only 123 minutes. Um, so basically, well, there you go. Uh, and there's some, there's a lot of tonal shifts, and but it's it's basically a Twilight Zone episode, um, and we'll get into it. But that was my overall reaction. I mean, I guess okay. an hour and 23 minute Twilight Zone episode. That's not as good as the other two Twilight episodes that were based on this film, right? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Obviously, the entire premise of this film being that gremlins. Yeah, let them know the premise because people are like, "What's a Twilight Zone?" <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, the premise of this film is well, it's uh, supposedly when you start the film, it's about Maud Garrett, and she is on this bomber trying to get away, and she is responsible for this package. We wait. World War II. This is yes, World War II, yes. World War II, and she's flying from New Zealand right. uh, to Samoa is apparently where it's going. I I did have to look that up. Because, I had to look at uh, Yeah, I didn't know where they were going either, but all right. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so she, she is in charge of this package, and she gets to get stuck down into the Sperry, which is a turret that was on the other side of airplane back then, and then it goes from, okay, what exactly is going on here, to, oh, by the way, gremlins are real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's established really early on, but, uh, yeah. Well, and the, but we should say it's prefaced by a cartoon showing gremlins. Like, there's a World War II cartoon about gremlins. Uh, and uh, gremlins were just, uh, that was just a term that the... the Arm, the, the the naval forces or army armed forces used for shit getting fucked up on planes and stuff like that. When stuff would go wrong, they would blame it on gremlins, not actual fucking gremlins from 1984 Spielberg production. But you know, <laughs> uh, but but uh, that it was just a term they used. But here it's an actual gremlin. Yeah, well, I was gonna say uh, gremlins. When it came down to it, it pretty much any time that there was a malfunction in the right. aircraft it's, or anything else, like it was said to be gremlins. And then whenever they were actually depicted in any sort of cartoon from back then or um, yeah, a, a lot of propaganda from back then, they looked like uh, these weird, uh, generally white, actually, just these weird sort of oh, really? pasty white animals with like large eyes, clawed right. uh, things with sharp teeth. Like, it was yes. just very odd. Gremlins. Uh, and and I will say, uh, jumping ahead to when we actually like properly see this thing, oh my uh, God. this is probably my least favorite look for a gremlin. Because well, uh, it doesn't look like a gremlin, Paul. It looks like <laughs> it's a fucking bat. Oh, it's a bat with arms. No, yeah. Uh, well, uh, we can, we can, we'll talk about that when we get to it. But uh, no, spoilers, guys. I'm sorry. I don't mean to jump ahead here, but. It's not the Gremlins from the 1984 Gremlins or the sequel Gremlins 2, the new batch, which they are, or or the Twilight Zone episode in the in the 60s Gremlins, or the the Twilight Zone movie Gremlin. Right? There's a bunch of there's a lot of Gremlins here, Paul. I'm, no, oh, yeah. well, right, I, break I, it I, down. Break it. There's a well, lot of Gremlins going on here. Well, no, I, I was actually that was one thing that I had <laughs> down to to ask you. So please, and and you you've kind of already touched on the different thing, but so. When it comes to yes. Gremlin being portrayed in at a cinema or TV, like what t- what is the first one that pops into your head when you hear Gremlin? Now, obviously, Gizmo from Gremlin not, is what people think, gremlin, but he's not but, a Gremlin. But he's but a I'm go with that. But I'm still going with that. 1984 Gremlins, the Chris Wallace makeup and the uh, and the puppetry. That's the Gremlins I go to. If you say Gremlins, that's what I'm going to go to. Okay. Because that was, I think, the best depiction of a Gremlin. In terms of the in the in the coinage name, because in the in the in the sixties Twilight Zone, it was a, it was a midget in a fucking uh, gorilla suit, right? And then and then in the uh, and then in the fucking in the nineteen eighty three or four, I forget what the the John Landis crap, uh, the Twilight Zone movie, which was he well, he didn't direct that episode. Uh, who directed Joe Don? Was it Dante? No, it wasn't Dante. Who directed that episode, Paul? You know, with, I can't, uh, with uh, I, John Lithgow. I don't remember who the fucking George Miller, right? Was it George Miller? I think it was George Miller. That Gremlin was actually a better look. That was actually the most evil looking, probably the most accurate representation of a Gremlin, if you have to imagine one being just tearing up shit. Okay, so I will go with that one. The first one, the the William Shatner was a a midget in a gorilla suit. The second one was an actual 
fucking scary ass gremlin in 83 or four i don't know when that film came out i, I really should have known that and then of course and but if you have to but if you just say gremlins to the common audiences everybody's going to go to the 1984 um uh the movie the, the spielberg produced film with uh, chris columbus that gremlin not the not gizmo because that's pre-gremlin but we're talking like spike right am i correct on this and yeah. the sequel later on a couple of years later yeah because i i would say i i listed down the the sort of three most iconic ones to me when I was trying to oh, go do think of them. So the first one is Stripe from the first yeah, Gremlin. Like that, that's a Gremlin. That's yeah, a proper the, Gremlin. He was fucking evil. That's probably like the most iconic looking one. Well, uh, yeah, because they were smart enough to put a fucking mohawk, white mohawk on him. But uh, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah, and then the second one I actually put down is probably not the most popular one from the film, but uh, Brain Gremlin. I actually like from the second one. Oh, uh, well, actual Tony Randall? Uh, well, yeah, man, you're really st- Nobody, I wish more people saw that second movie because that's almost <laughs> a better film than the first one. I, I actually like that better than the first one, but uh, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a deep cut where I don't know if we're getting yeah. into the Gremlins too. The new batch. Tony Randall, great performance by him. But you're right. You are correct on it. What's your third? What's the third? Yeah, on it, it, it is it is from it's, a, it's the something on the wing from the movie, not the TV show. Because like the it, movie. The movie's yeah. a scary fucking gremlin. That yeah, that one was because John Lithgow lost his shit. And honestly, that's a performance-based piece. Uh, yeah. we all know. John Lithgow's that's probably if you say John Lithgow, that's one of his best performances. I don't I don't know how many people are going to argue with me or agree with me on that, but he lost his shit in that film. And because he lost his shit, we lost our shit watching that. That's probably the best of the four uh, episodes in that. That is probably the easily the best sequence in the movie. Oh, That's yeah. a horrifying sequence. And that gremlin on that wing is fucking terrifying. Yeah. That, right. it, it, it's uh, just such a phenomenal uh like a phenomenal retelling of that. Oh, it's a great retelling. I think it's George Miller. I think I'm correct. The it, guy it who is. Man Mac. I believe it. Yeah, am I correct on this? Yeah, but, George Miller but, directed it. And but kids, none of these gremlins are didn't even come close to this dumbass gremlin in this movie. Okay, <laughs> so we did again. All these gremlins we just mentioned are all practical or a midget in a suit. The gremlin in this movie is completely CGI. Am I correct on this? Yeah, yeah. Complete, and again, uh, we completely lose anything. And we talked about it. Well, good, good. I don't want to get into a <laughs> whole dissertation on your show about about how CGI looks is bullshit. But when you don't have practical effects, and we talked about this, it, 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 it it's just there's no investment in the audience to believe in it. Yeah. Right? Am I right? Yeah. I mean, for like, I, I genuinely thought there were a few bits, especially when it was – the further away first... or um, wow. like obscured right. by clouds and things like that where it was like okay <laughs> it could work like it really a... could work and i i genuinely did think that they would try and go through most of the film i i figured they wouldn't do it through all of the film because and this is something i will touch on in a moment the yes. trailer gives it away but Ooh. uh <laughs> i never saw the trailer so you're yeah you're but uh but yeah i i thought they were going to keep the gremlin mostly hidden in such a way right. that you weren't sure if it was actually there or not and I then wish they, they did yeah about two minutes after the first maybe sighting of the gremlin <laughs> you see it in all its in quotation marks well, glory and to be fair he did initially he looked like a puppet and i thought oh that's a really shitty puppet from like a roger corbin film but then as it, the film went on he became oh no it's not a puppet at all it's just a cgi thing that they fucking came up with for the rest yeah. of the film uh yeah it's incredibly it, it's also just a gremlin paul you're right there's no mystique about this there's no horror film element where you keep it in shadows like alien and then is it a, is it real? Is it not real? There's none of that. No, it's it, no, no. There's a gremlin, folks, and it's, it looks like a looks like a really sad bat, and <laughs> we're gonna have to deal with this this thing for the really the bet the whole movie, basically. Uh, but you know, in terms of all this other nonsense going on, but uh, there's other like yeah stuff going on. Go ahead, Paul. You can yeah, well, that down, but well, I was gonna say like, and as I said, when it comes to the trailer, I fully well, understand why they put the bits in the trailer that they did because obviously when you're trying to sort of sell what this film is you're especially since it is it's almost trying to be a camp film a little bit like it's trying to be that sort of campy action adventure horror thing but um and so what they've done with the trailer is they they put and obviously spoilers at this point so they put a like second long shot of chloe grace Moretz 
punching the gremlin <laughs> oh, in the, the water the back end at of the, the end. And then the trailer. That's in the trailer. Oh, when they she give away the whole whole movie at that point. When she right? falls out of the plane and gets blown back into oh, it. Oh well, we're not going to talk. Well, I guess we will address that when we get to it. But that God, really, that's in the trailer. That's oh, in the trailer. Oh man. <laughs> and and then you know I don't think they had her hanging on the underside of it. But that that's well, funny. that's a whole yeah okay yeah. That they look if you're going to do a film about gremlins, it better be unique and to the to the because we've already seen this material. The problem it's a really hard sell, Paul. Wouldn't you agree? We, we've already seen the for anybody. The original Twilight Zone episode, and I forget who directed that, by the way, uh, with William Shatter, he was the he was the he was the guy who being tortured in that one. The 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 re- the Twilight Zone movie remake, the fucking eighty four Gremlins, and then the eighty I think it was eighty eight. I think the sequel with the the the, the Tony Randall sequel, nineteen ninety. Really was it that late? Yep. Gremlins two was that late? Oh yeah. God, really? <laughs> yeah, seven and, years after. Holy shit! Yeah, okay, and I'll, and the entire point of the film Jesus as fuck. well. They they've gone on record as saying the whole point of the film is it's making fun of the fact that films get sequels. So. And it does a brilliant. Actually, that's why I say that's a better film than the first one. But okay, we can we can yeah, we can debate that uh, endlessly on that one because Gremlins two yeah. is amazing. It's an amazing and, piece of work in terms and, of just uh, puppetry and, uh, and, and and execution. But good. Yeah, and and I was going to say uh, in answer to your question about the the Twilight Zone episode from the TV show was directed by yes. Richard Donner. Thank you. Oh, that was Donner. Yep. Fuck! Why are we even talking about this shitty film? <laughs> and we get to be talking about Richard Donner's awesome. I didn't know that was Richard Donner. Okay, so there you go, folks. If you have not seen it, this is on, I believe, CBS All Access, which now has become Paramount Plus. So I think they have the, all the seasons of Twilight Zone on that site. So if you subscribe to that channel. Please go watch that episode because it's it, William Shatter. It's one of his better performances, right? Yeah. And, and the gremlin is like a granite. It's a midget in a in a weird suit. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> um, and it's not as terrifying as the '84 version, which I let go. That's the better version. I will of the four episodes in that one. And the problem is that's that film is problematic because John Landis basically killed a bunch of people and has never been uh, prosecuted for it. But that's a separate show. But that was the first thing. But that whole film got tanked because of that. But if you guys can watch it, please watch that fourth episode with John Lithgow because he is absolutely fantastic. That's one of his best performances. And the gremlin in that is fucking terrifying. More terrifying than the CGI fuck in this movie. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> nice setup for the whole, whole rest of this episode. But would you agree, though? Like, at least it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an agreeable... Yeah, Dang, I, did, I mean, it's a hard. I know CGI is such a tough animal now because we've seen it all, right, Paul? I mean, this is, yeah, and they 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 obviously were at 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 certain points they were obviously trying yeah. to be like, okay, this is going to be the sort of big reveal shot, but then it goes uh, back to not but, really being seen that much. But they reveal him early, though. They do. He's revealed very early when she's down in that spiry. Like, uh, I guess if you want to back up the plot, she has a fucking case of dumb shit and she has to get on this plane and she's on this bomber and they don't like her because she's a woman and she ends up in the, they lock her down in the spirit out of, we, you know, we just dissect the plot. But when they <laughs> revealed that the, the, I actually thought, honestly, I did think it was a, a puppet initially. And I, right. th- I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's cheap looking, but it was cool. But then as the film went on, I realized that, no, it's not, it's that they just went full CGI in this one. Lazy. Yeah, and and yeah, for for anyone actually looking for the plot, I gave up actually trying to explain no, no, the plot of these. No, no, go ahead, break it down. <laughs> how she ends up on the plane? I mean, she's just a, a woman that has to. She's an Air Force officer, right? An RAF officer. Right? Yeah, she she. I mean, uh, obviously, it's a it's a turning point in the film when you realize that. Uh, oh wait, she's not. But yeah, she she passes well, herself off later, as an RAF. Right. To get on this bomber jet that's doing a mission to somewhere. <laughs> But yeah. It leaves New Zealand, right, to go to Samoa, right? It's just a, and they yes. have a bunch of uh, racist, not racist, they have a, a, a misogynistic fucking, because apparently in World War Two everybody, every guy was a dick to women, <laughs> except one, <laughs> right, as we find out on this plane. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to ask people who lived during that time if they all guys were like this. I don't think they were, but. Uh, no, regardless. yeah, yeah, I. I would like to think that uh, the majority of them weren't really like that, but I'm well, I'm sure because you know obviously back then they, 
would but have been a, just a boys club. So, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of this film is, and what's the message of the film, Paul? It's not about a gremlin on the plane. It's about women's rights and being misogynistic towards men because she's, isn't she trapped in the spirit from, and that's, that, that's a metaphor for being trapped as a woman, not, you know, getting the accolades for, and we can get into a whole, there's a whole nother conversation about this, but there, the, you know, there, there's a very over, I guess the one, it's a woman that directed it, not to, you know, she, and honestly, it's she, it's well shot and the DP is great and it looks great. But the problem yeah. is that the message is so heavy handed on this, it distracts from the other bullshit that's going on, and then it it, it then it, at the back end of the film becomes an action film. I mean, it, it, there's so much, there's so tonally, it's way off on a lot of this stuff, and that, that was the issue I had. It just it was never one thing. I just right. wish it had one through line through that. Look, we we know men are dicks, we get that, but the problem is for what forty minutes, Paul. There's like forty minutes that, that it's just constant. Abuse against this woman who's trapped in a the spirit. There's constant abuse, telling her how much you know she's a dick and all this other. I mean, it's it goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, and I, that was the issue I have. It distracted from the action adventure part. It distracted from that stupid CGI gremlin. I mean, we had to wade through a lot just to even get to anything meaningful, right? Am I correct on this thing? No, yeah, and and I would say, uh, and I I want to jump back to a no, question that I have um, in in a minute, but uh, but yeah, as you say. The the solid forty minutes or so of just derogatory oh, language. Man, it, it's it, forty minutes. It's a literally a very long time. Yeah, and it, it it's something where I was like, I was okay with it being in the film because of what they were trying to do with it, and then after about twenty minutes, you reach the point where it's like, okay, can we like can we get on to either something else or can we like oh. do something that like shuts them up just for a bit because I I, I obviously hate some of these characters and uh, you you probably notice as well that the people that are primarily really spouting all of that stuff yeah. are the ones that end up getting killed well, uh, that's no brainer right there but you know it's obviously the director has an axe to grind on some level and and actually, grand and saying just she has to address this, but it's so overt and obvious. And like we've seen other films that just have to deal with this in a completely different manner. I just wish it would have just been one thing about some action adventure having to do with gremlins and just happens to be a woman, and we don't have to berate her for forty minutes. Because you're right, Paul. After you know, I, and look at me, like I, I do a show flush, flushing crappy films or collecting body. You know, you know, I I deal with this and I do a lot of humor about this. But even me. Like after about twenty minutes of, of this, of these guys fucking just constantly going after. Her, even I was like, "Look, let it up for air." <laughs> like I get, we get it. We we know what you're saying. We understand the time we're living in in the 1940s, and it wasn't like you know. I I, I refuse to believe it was exactly like this, or even I understand that this happened and it existed. I understand the time frame, but god damn it, why do we have to watch? You know. You know, 30, 40 minutes of this woman getting heckled constantly. It's brutal. Yeah. That, and like, and, and especially in the, in the age we're living in right now, this film was released right now. You know, we're talking like Brianna Taylor. We're talking like, there's, there, you know, just the age we're living in. Like, we already know this shit's going on. Why do we have to watch a movie with it? Like, uh, the movie's an escapism. In case you guys didn't fucking know, we get we, we watch these films to get away <laughs> from the shit we're dealing with in real life. So, uh, this film just reminds us of how shitty real life is right am i wrong on this side well, I mean, uh, it's brutal like it's just yeah I, I even yeah even i have a tolerance for this i'm all, and i'm all about you know the humor but god well i i would say as well uh it's like Peyton, you're saying i mean obviously yeah for for the most part films have definitely been predominantly escapism and all that but however i w- i will say that you know some films um made when it comes to actually trying to get a message across and something I actually read uh, from the director kind of rings true a little bit which is that she wasn't making this film in an attempt to you know say look all men do this or blah 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 like all of the things that she has been accused of doing with this and uh, and all that but like she was just making a film from like from her standpoint from her experience and I, I think that Part of yeah, but what it's that saying that did be. she do it? I mean, it, well, well, that's that the she... thing. Part of it could be that obviously 
it might be super uncomfortable for us to listen to, but I genuinely think that part of it is just like, oh, it's super uncomfortable for you to listen to, is it? Like, this is the stuff we get. Like, I, 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 well, I, I'm yes. actually genuinely, like, I'm not scared. I'm not necessarily, like, worried about my daughter when she grows up. However, I am fully expecting that she will run into this sort of dialogue at some point from oh. someone oh. and like it's it, it, ah. it not going away so i kind of appreciated that the film seemed to be sort of trying to shine a spotlight on it the problem is as i said it stays on there for too long it really well, could have just turned yeah. away to something else. all right you make some great points and yes because you have a daughter and you're invested in this world and she's your daughter will have to deal with this i'm, I'm telling you I'm, it's not yeah. even a fact, Paul. It's she's gonna deal with it, and younger than you would think, she's gonna have to fucking deal with this. Yeah, uh, and that sucks. And that sucks. Okay, I, I will say that. I can't even make a joke about it. It's just that's the reality we're living in, and it sucks. Uh, but to to have this hammered over your head for this long, and it's literally, guys, we're talking. It has to be the first thirty minutes of film. Like right? they go on and on and on and on about this, and uh, it would it be okay if we weren't already in dinner inundated with the, all this shit on Twitter and social media and everything else. Like we already, we're already well aware that guys suck or just, or just uh, like a society sucks in that sense. I shouldn't even take Cause women suck too. I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't want to level just the guys, but this is really, you know, anti guy in that sense. And uh, the 1940s were a different time. So it's kind of a, it's a hard animal to deal with. I know she set this in the forties to, to offset the fact that, you know, that, you know, we don't have this problem now, or but we do have this problem now, but, you know, to kind of to soften it up. But um, I don't know if she really achieved her goal in this one, but yeah. it's well, brutal. I'd... It's really brutal, even from, from even women's. I think guys are women. I think it's really hard to get through the first 40 minutes of this film before it really kicks into something else. Uh, yeah. And it really doesn't really kick into something else, Paul. It really continues that same thing. Our, our women are shit for most of the movie until the back 10 minutes where she has to punch a CGI creature repeatedly uh and that's that that's where it gets dumb because i think realistic that it gets to the point where it's not realistic and then women lose credibility there so i think there's there's other stuff you know i don't understand what the what's her name lang what's her first name roseanne roseanne yeah uh, is this her first film or no you know, I'm not 100% sure on that. All right, Give good, me a second. good research on that. Good research on that, Paul. <laughs> Paul Paul's on a pulse of this movie, right? He's, yeah, yeah, I think she's done other stuff. I didn't, I don't know. I don't know what the. What yeah, the, she, she's done a couple of other uh, films, but this is probably. So it, we should say it's not a man hating film. I'm not going to say that, but I think it's. I think she's, dry, she's trying to drive a point home, and I think she does it uh, to her deficit early on in the movie and i think that really hurts the rest of the movie all right well obviously we've been talking about the stuff that you know you're not so much a fan of so i i really want to kind of shift gears a little bit here and say what couldn't you tell me that you really enjoyed about this film oof good thing i'm drunk <laughs> uh <laughs> i will say it is well shot i think i think i think the director did a the dp i should say did a pretty good job at, uh, between the airplane sequences and then later on the ground sequence, I think I think the film is aesthetically okay. Right. Uh, I like Chloe Grace Moritz as an actress. I don't. I wish she had been given a little bit better material here. Um, I think her downshift into a um, action hero, at, well, the whole film, but really at the back end is a little disingenuous uh, to the movie. So I don't know if she was, it was the best cast for this role. Uh, all the male actors suck. I can't. There's not one I can recommend because they were just so offensive and so just generic. Uh, even though there was one from fucking Outlander. Like, and if you're Outlander fan, don't fucking tweet at us. We know you're a rabid fan of Outlander. Just, just bear with us. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, the, the male actors were just they were well. A lot of most of them get killed anyway throughout the film. But we should mention that I guess. Uh, most of them end up in various forms. She survives it, it where she should. Honestly, she should have been dead a long time before this movie ends up. Uh, <laughs> where it ends up, which is in a bizarre place. But uh, I like how it was shot. I like Chloe Grace Moritz as a general actress. If you haven't seen her kick ass, folks, I'm sure most of you have by now. Uh, please go back and watch her performance in that. It was one of her uh, best performances. And she's on a couple other roles, I think, that have been pretty good. 
But uh, she's never hit the superstardom. She really needs to. And uh, she's been starring in bullshit like this. And I don't know why. What's the what's the problem? Or what's the crossover, Paul? What do you think of the you know I'm crossover for Miss uh, Moritz because she's yeah she's she shows up and shit, but she's not. She's never hit that. She's never hit that Sharon Stone. Glenn Close type of fame. Yeah, I I Maybe get the feeling. Deserves, I don't know. I Go get the it. feeling she's going to be kind of like the next Elliot Page, just because, like okay. she's been in several things and she's been that good in really those things. Off. She's very good, but she's like she hasn't actress. hit that nope. one role that's going to nope. push it. Maybe up. it's a Marvel film, Paul. Maybe she's got to mm. get in the DCU or the Marvel. I don't know what it's going to take for her to look. She's incredibly talented. Folks, if you have not seen Kick-Ass, please go watch that. If you're not seen, I guess, well, I'm going to say let the right one in. I don't, I don't regret. I don't really agree with that. I think, uh, no, she's, it's, what's, what's the original one, Paul? Uh, there's two names for this. There's let the right one in. There's um, let me in. Let, yeah, me, let in. me in. She was in that. Um, I, and she's good in that. I would say, honestly, folks, just watch Plot the Right One Here, which is a Danish film, I think, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I think I know which role would be perfect for her in oh, the MCU. What do you got? If oh, what do you got? If we were getting that one, then she is pretty much perfect to play Squirrel Girl. And I, Oh, interesting choice. And I, I know that most people listening to this that aren't fans of the comics will go, what the fuck? But yeah, no, it's just like quite no, genuinely, Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Girl is the only yeah. person who is able to, by herself, defeat Thanos. Oh, there you go. So, All right, well, yeah. so yes, uh, it, it's like, and and she's kind of a, it's almost kind of a joke character, but she's genuinely like like treated as just. This uh, actually kind of powerful character, and I think that Chloe Grace Moretz would be a good fit for that. But I think she has that. I wish she would uh, just uh, like. If, I don't know if you ever, like. If you've seen Kick Ass, there's a moment in Kick Ass where she, before the final sequence, where she has to go kill a bunch of guys. Where she, it's her on camera, and Matthew Vaughn does a close up of her, and you actually see her change character. And that's a rare thing for a young actress to do. She goes from being like an innocent young girl to a, you know, a killer, basically. And it's that that moment that I thought, and if you have not seen that, you should go back and watch it. That she that really sold me with her and her performance and what she's capable of doing as an actress. And then she, you know, she goes through that sequence. That's the sequence at the end, Paul, where she on the bootcases and she kills her. Yeah. But right before that, she you see her duck down and you see a look on her face and she literally changes character at that point. And that's a very hard thing for any actress to do or any actor. And that's what sold me on her as an actress. And I thought she was going to go on to do great things, but here we are, but. <laughs> Doing this fucking movie, which means nothing, and uh, and then in all these other films she's done, I just wish she would hit the the type of stardom I think she deserves. So I'm with you on that, Paul. And uh, yeah, yeah. in terms of, uh, I just uh, and like I said, she's not bad here in in, in some sense. I just it's just, but character wise, a lot of this doesn't make sense. She first of all, she would have been dead ten times over and trapped in a spirit. And then second of all, there's no way she's gonna be punching a punching a cgi bat at the back end of this movie it's just it's a it's a, yeah it's just a very yeah. hard sell yeah but. now i will say that yeah this film has has some characters especially chloe grace moretz have some of the thickest plot armor i've ever seen in any film <laughs> um but and, and you know i'm including uh, yeah Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh no! Like... Don't don't get crazy! Don't go. Yeah, she does survive. A... Well, she's on the other side of the plane, which obviously yeah. would have well, killed her. But yeah, well, that's actually I was gonna say like one of my favorite things in the entire film is when <laughs> she is hanging on the underside of the plane. Oh, not because man. not because Bullshit. I was thinking that that would be possible because it's not. Uh, not no. because of any particular like. I want to see the character succeed because I knew she would. We're only halfway through the film uh, or just over halfway at this point, I guess. But because as we talked before, like the DP shot it fantastically, especially the decision to just turn the camera over so that we were seeing it from the other perspective. Yeah, I thought like, that, that was, was interesting. Yes, that was fine. Really well done. And then my other favorite thing in the film which just kind of sold the scene for me especially since it felt like a b-movie campy moment is when that synth soundtrack came in 
and it was just like, okay, we know what we're doing here. This is just yeah. A, this is I just agree fun. with you on that. I wish it was more fun. I think I think it's that sequence that is fun. And yes, I agree with you. The synth pop soundtrack I think is okay, but but honestly, it's 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 oddly uh, separate from the 1940s sequence. I it's it's a weird. It's a weird thing and weird mesh to do. And you have to, I think if we're going to go all in on this, you should have go, you should have went all in from the beginning. And I think really the first 30 minutes really hurts the film with having a bunch of guys berate a woman, uh, in that, uh, because you kind of lose a lot of the audience, I think in that sequence. So when you get to the fun stuff like this sequence and then later on the, where he's, she's punching a bat in the face, um, uh, yeah, you're kind of out of it at that point. I don't know if it really carries over. Uh, into the back end of the movie for a movie that's barely ninety minutes. I mean, it's it's kind of a weird thing. Like it's like the director wanted to front load her political opinions and all that shit early on, and then want to have a fun movie at the back end. But you can't. It's hard. That's a hard thing to sell, man. Yeah. It's a hard thing to sell. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, um, and one thing I I wanted to get your overall opinion on the bit when. Cause, and obviously, the the end of the insanely campy bit is when she is blown back into the airplane from an explosion. Paul, that's the which... that's that's where you're on it. It's the jump the shark moment. Yeah, Paul. yeah, it, absolutely. It, yeah, that's what completely disintegrates the rest of the film is that moment. <laughs> you can't do that. You, everything else was up was okay. Like we can kind of okay it, but when you do that bullshit, where something where she falls out of the plane and then a Japanese bomber explodes and blows her up back into the plane. I mean, come on, man. Even <laughs> uh, look, I'm a, look. Even I was the guy who believed that, that Bruce Willis survived that uh, that uh, uh, you know that grenade fight in uh, Die Hard Two, Die Harder, where he ejected himself out of play. I was willing to believe that. Here, I'm a lot less willing to believe that bullshit. She would have been killed. First of all, she just would have kept falling. Yeah. First of all, in case you guys notice, you if an explosion goes off, you're not blown back into something. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> the fire just goes around you, and you burn to death and die. Okay, so uh, yeah, okay. it was that was hard sell, Paul. It's a real. If it was a, it was a Tarantino film or a Rodriguez film. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's context well, and, that has to go on here. But the problem is you're surrounding it with not the proper context. You just they, she just did this one moment, but you need the whole film to surround that. Yeah. You see what I'm no, saying? No, and th- and that's the thing. Like I I didn't I didn't even necessarily buy it in the continuity <laughs> of the film. It was just like a it, uh, like I I was able to chalk it up like personally just watching. I was able to chalk it up to like. Okay, that looked cool. I know it would not. No, happen, it doesn't. But... Look, no, I'm laughing my ass off. It doesn't look cool. It's bullshit. <laughs> no, no. Uh, as in, like, it's supposed to be a trailer moment, and it is a fucking yeah. Oh, trailer yeah, you're right. But, okay, um, yeah, I agree with that. But uh, in context, of the rest of the film, it, it doesn't sell because the rest of the film is not like that that moment. I know, absolutely. And then, yeah, that's the problem. And then my the bit that I kind of want to get your opinion on is from the moment she's back in that plane. <laughs> Until about five minutes later, we quickly dispatch, I think it's four of the remaining people. And I wanted to know what your thoughts on that were, because I really enjoyed the fact that we didn't get a single drawn out death scene in this film it was they were gone like no. like yeah. they... and that, that makes sense for the, the type of material you're doing there's also a lot of preamble before you get to that so that when you finally get to that moment these guys who've been raiding this poor woman for 30 to 40 minutes of screen time finally get their comeuppance and they get it real fucking quick i didn't have an issue with that that was okay because you have to you're kind of moving the the, the the plot along and you're kind of accelerating uh, the events that are happening, so that's okay. I didn't. I, that that wasn't the issue. Um, I had an issue with her being trapped in the Sperry, and we're not seeing the other people um, because for a, a good thirty minutes, we're just we're just focused. We're just, it's just her and the Sperry. And I wish they had cut. We hear the these other assholes on the audio. I wish they had cut back to the actual characters and kind of developed them a little bit more. Yeah, that, we, they got they died. So I think their deaths would have been more meaningful. But, but that was the other issue. Is like she's down there, then we're up here, and then they all get killed. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're seeing the whole film from her point of view. So you know, she's yeah. she's not up there with them, so we don't get to see it. However, well, yeah, my, really, my, yeah, my my one my one annoying thing about this film from that uh, perspective is that we 
barely see all the other characters before she goes right. into the spare room before that's they're the just problem voices. and yeah yeah i i didn't like listening to the radio with the exception of uh i think it's taggart who is obviously you know scottish uh like with the exception of him there is not really any big difference between any of the other voices they all just kind of meld together um just in the uh, on the radio as they go, especially when they all start yelling and arguing and stuff like that. Like, you really can't tell who's who. No. And, and you know, I guess back then that kind of would have been the case. Uh, but, yeah, we as an audience find it very difficult to know what's going on if we don't know who the hell's talking. Yeah. Uh, so. No, there's, uh, there's 20, 30 minutes of that before we even get to Yeah, and then we, we see them. They visually show them, but... But we don't have enough uh, because the next 20, 30 minutes happen and we don't have any context at that point. And we have to listen, listen, listen. I get that. I wish the, if the whole film was like that. But we've seen like other films that have been like that, like you know, Ryan Reynolds and Buried. I mean, we, there's there's a lot of these, these isolated type of movies. This doesn't work in that level because, you know, you there's other stuff going on. And she gets out of there and then there's a gremlin and, and you know, and there's assholes. So, uh, yeah, I wish, I wish it was a little bit more where we understood the, those guys from the, the top side, or just cut away. I don't understand why she made that choice. Yeah, and, it, and yeah, I, I feel like it genuinely was just a choice of, well, the entire film, we are only seeing what uh, Maud is either seeing or envisioning. So, so like, that that's obviously the choice for the film, and it's just, you know, as someone that... I personally, if I meet someone for 30 seconds and then I talk to them later, I don't remember what they look like. I, I might have forgotten their names. Like right. I just, like I struggle so much with that. So the fact that we barely even got that before she had to go into the spare, like I just, uh, I struggled with it because I struggled with that anyway. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe someone that, like really enjoys these sorts of films who sat down to watch it maybe that wouldn't be an issue for them but unfortunately it was for me um, now all right so so when it comes to the ending i i kind of agree with you uh that like obviously they wanted to give her the big like defeating the monster ending uh and unf- it didn't need to be because she defeated a monster in the air when she shot this fucking thing, and then we have to have another extended action scene on the ground with her finishing the job. I don't. First of all, that that gremlin would not have survived the fall, <laughs> but we can argue that uh, this bat gremlin, we should say. Uh, I wish it was just a better looking gremlin. I think it's yeah. looking it's yeah, a terrible it's, looking it's... CGI creature. It was lazy. I think it was a lot of laziness. Uh, but then she ends up beating the shit out of this guy on the ground and. And uh, there was reviews I read that were, yeah, she's a total badass. I'm like, well, like, well, where, where are we going with this? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't, it, it doesn't logically make sense, even for the character that would, I don't think she would have done that. I don't think she would have went after him and killed him, even though the thing tried to kill uh, her baby. We should mention that in the package she has a child from one of the guys who she was fucking on the plane, uh, which is a whole separate thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a weird ending. It's a really, really strange ending. Um, and I don't know if it works. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I, it, it seems a downshift at that point. I say, yeah, from I, anything they she, that Lang tried to do earlier on. Yeah, I do think that, like, with the exception of the fact that they clearly wanted, yeah, Maud defeating the bad thing, like other than but just shooting did. it in the air, like, and, uh. and yeah, obviously, um, obviously she did defeat it, and if you were to follow, you know logic um then it would be dead and you wouldn't have to deal with it but they wanted the obvious on screen uh you know like um uh, like Ripley going after the alien or yeah it's a weird it's a weird ending it's just such a weird yeah because we didn't need that i thought the film was over then then she starts punching this guy like oh man but that's the thing if you if you did cut that out entirely but left the bit before less than 80 minutes then it fits together seamlessly. So it, it, it's... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's kind um, of fun as there, but... Um, uh, but yeah, I... You know, I actually was... Um, was kind of thinking about something as we were talking, and I wonder what your take on it would be. It would be sort of a different visual style, but uh, you know how 
films from back then or like whenever you do flashbacks to back then or things like that like there's always that weird film grain that you get visual over it yeah. like yeah. what do you what do you think it would have been like if every time we saw Maud like interacting with any of the other men it kind of had that film grainy thing but then the second she goes in the sperry that goes away so like and because I, I kind of feel like she's quite clearly you know a strong independent woman and is like like she doesn't fit into what might have been expected of a 1940s housewife uh which she was yeah. before she joined up yeah and like i i kind of feel that the film was trying to be like you know this is the soldiers and what they talk about this is her and i feel like it would have been a, an interesting way of sort of showing the two different things like you know she's obviously fitting into their world when she's kind of talking with them and then obviously fighting against it and then you know having that gone like i i feel like that would have been interesting to do however i do not a have own a copy of this film to be able to edit it myself and b <laughs> have the time to do that so no 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 well yeah film's barely 90 minutes uh there's a lot of other ways you could have gone with it i think I think if she was more one of the guys, I think they've had adopters more one of the guys. I think that might have been a more interesting film, uh, which would have went against uh, would have went against type, I guess, for the the type of. Uh, but um, yeah, we didn't get that either. So I mean, yeah, there's yeah, I mean, I, there's a couple different ways we could have okay, could have went. I with feel it. like, and I wish I could remember. I think it's Tommy. because you got to remember. Well, she knows what she's talking about. The problem is they keep berating her because she doesn't know what she's talking about. But the bitch knows what she's talking about. And the problem is they we have to spend an inordinate amount of time arguing that. Yeah. So there's like a ton of screen time saying you're full of shit and she's saying, no, I'm right. And she's right. <laughs> but we have to, we have, so, but there's like that, that and that's in really in the first 40 minutes of the film. So the back end of the movies, they still don't even get on her side. It really isn't until the very end where she's punching some CGI bat in the face, you know, <laughs> in some fucking lagoon that, that they finally were like, oh, she's serious. But why do we have to wait almost 90 minutes for that? Like, why couldn't we get on board a lot earlier that she knows what the fuck she's talking about? And that, this is not... I don't know why we we, saw, we we cited the 1940s, because I'm sure there was a lot of women in the 1940s where men respected them. I mean, not oh, all absolutely. of them, but I'm sure there was there was there was, there was men who was like, well, we we're gonna follow her because she knows what the fuck she's talking about, <laughs> in, the, in the armed services or not. So that was my issue with it. Why can't we? Why couldn't we gone in that direction and made it a fun, just a fun B movie about fighting a, a bat gremlin? And then having to do with the uh, Japanese invasion, there's other stuff going on here. I, I don't know. It, it's an interesting film. I do think, as we said, I feel like, and it's interesting because it is only 83 minutes, I feel like they tried there, to yeah. do too much in yeah. the span of the film. And if they'd focused more on just one or two aspects, that it would have been kind of a better all-around film. Now, I, yeah. I freely admit, that despite having to get through the dialogue, like outside that, like I actually did genuinely enjoy this film just for what it was, which was, right. as I said at the beginning, stupid but entertaining. Like it was, it was not going to be something that made logical sense. It was yeah, not going to be. It just tries to be more, and that's the problem. I, yeah. Like, look, if you want to look at Club Grace and Merch's crotch for forty minutes, yes, you're going to get that. Okay, guys. Hey. Sorry, she's in a sperry, and we have to look at that. That's what we have to look at for at least the first 40 minutes of the film. So if that's what you want, you get that. And if you guess you want dumb gremlin action, you're gonna get that too. I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know where the audience is on this fall. Like I don't, it's not one way or the other. It tries to do too much in 83 minutes. I think. I think if they dialed, if she dialed back on some of this stuff, it would have been a fun B movie, fucking Amazon release. Well, I mean, like. Like I said, I, I genuinely enjoyed it, and it's it's something that, you know, obviously for for this here, like I'm attempting to put my my you know critical lenses on it, and critically, I can fully admit that there are many parts of it that you know are either difficult or don't necessarily add up or things like that, and especially if you're going into it trying to make logical sense of it, you're not going to manage it. But uh, just in terms of a film that's supposed to be entertainment, I personally got that out of the film, mm. e even if 
you know, the first 30 minutes I had to sort of maybe ignore the dialogue a little bit. Yeah, but that's <laughs> critical, though. That's like the first 30, 40 minutes of the movie. You can't you can't throw that out for the back end of this. And, and that stuff has really been in it. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and that's the thing. Like, I, when I say that, like, I was kind of ignoring some of the dialogue. Yeah. A, uh, I myself that am partially brutal. deaf, so actually sort of tuning out... <laughs> People talking is not difficult well, for me. And B, uh, one thing I don't know if you did it when you were paying when you were watching it, but if you actually focus on Chloe Grace Moretz's face as they talk, and you're just looking at her reaction to every single sentence, or her crush, yeah, I under, yeah, 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 because what well, that's that's thirty minutes of the movie is her huh? just in that close up shot. Yeah, I get. I wish. Well, they should have just the whole movie like that. I, the film just you know it 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 starts out big. Gets very small and then tries to get big again and then gets, you know, action hero y at the end of it. I don't, all in 83 minutes. So I guess there's an accomplishment on that level from yeah. the director and the writers. So I guess I can't really fault it on that. I guess if you're looking for everything, you're going to get it. But um, I was going to say, it's, it's very odd because it's, it's a film that is 83 minutes and it's both slow paced and very oh, fast paced yeah. at the same time. Brutal. It's brutal. The first, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it starts out very slow and then it ramps up to a stupid ending. Uh, <laughs> and well, yeah, we just, it, none of it makes sense at all. Um, <laughs> kudos for Grace for doing it, I guess. We have, to, we have to cite her. I think she's a better actress than people are giving her um, material for. Oh, and definitely. I wish the hell they would, they would give her some better work to do. Um, because I do like her. I've always liked her, and uh, I just wish she would get some better stuff. Yeah, hell, if, if uh, nothing else, garbage. For people. And she's in Tom and up. Jerry, isn't she? Fucking in Tom and Jerry Probably. on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, I think she's in that. I think she, yeah. So that's what she's getting, guys. She went from this bullshit from a gremlin to fucking animated cats and mice. Like, give this woman something else to do. Like, I don't understand. She's a credible actress. I don't understand why she keeps taking these dumbass jobs. That you know, they just go by the wayside. Nobody sees this shit. I guess a lot of people saw Tom and Jerry. I did. I did not. I've not watched it on HBO Max, but it's there, guys. Yeah, and and also one thing I did not realize, despite the fact that you know having a young daughter, I've seen this several times. She's the voice yeah. of Wednesday Adams in the Adams Family. Uh, the animated, animated one? one. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. It's one positive point. That I guess <laughs> uh, if you got a kid. You check that shit out. Um, they're doing a they're doing a live action thing, right? With the uh, Tim Burton, I believe. They they're doing yeah. a live action TV yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Burton. She's not in it, but uh, they are doing. Yeah, no, uh, she would have been an interesting choice for a live yeah, action. Again, Wednesday. she would have been. In, well, it's hard to beat Christina Ricci on that one, but uh, yes, she would have been an interesting choice. Yeah, I feel like but, they should uh, just get Christina Ricci back. And just yeah, have yeah like she's not that old, right? I think she could pull it off. I think she could throw in some makeup, but. Uh, Chloe Grace is getting a little old uh, for some, for certain roles, but that's interesting. She was in. I didn't realize she was in the animated. Uh, God bless her. Like I said, I do like her, folks. If you do do seek her out, but I think here she's all over the map, and um, I have to really cite the director and the writer on this one. Uh, but all right, Paul, I thought it was already be really fun. I think a better one is Overlord, right? I think that's a better B movie with John Boyega. Yeah, you know, uh, that I think that's some, a better way to go. I say, uh, that's something. If, that want, well, if you want a World War II film with monsters and shit, that might be a better one than this this bullshit. But all right. <laughs> yeah, I've had that on my list for a while, and it's it's actually in my uh, my Amazon Prime queue. I just haven't hit that yet because I'm trying to get through uh, Mr. Robot. Actually, yeah. oh, okay, all right. Well, let, let me know when you see that one. That might be flushable. I don't, but a lot of people like that one. It it didn't get rave reviews, but everybody, it's got a pretty good audience on that one. That's fun B movie uh, type uh, stuff. So it's all along the same line. I mean, that might be a good double feature with this one, honestly. Uh, if you want to like two 1940s World War II films that have monsters and supernatural elements, this might be your jam, guys. Yeah. You know, so I can't. I'm not gonna throw it out. Of, throw it out of the park, but just be ready for a lot of B two shit in the first half. And then the back half of um, some just weird action hero y shit. Yeah. Um, but that's your jam. I, be, I will say that uh, I I think based on, obviously based on what you're saying and uh, it's like some of the things I've seen online, like, I think this film is going to go the same way as, say, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is that, like, there's going to be a core group of people that just really Oof. enjoy it for what it is, and then everyone else who's actually critically looking at it is going to go, well, no, it's terrible. 
Like, ah, <laughs> I, well, I would hope so. That's a, that's a. There are two wildly different films, but oh, absolutely. Uh, and I, I think League's the League's the better film, by the way. If you have to pick the two of them, oh, I, I mean, think that, yeah, hold, that holds up a lot better than uh, than the, the, I think this will. But uh, I understand what you're saying that it might develop a cult following, and it might. I don't know. Some people really like this film. Uh, that I've seen uh, different stuff online, but you know, it's ah, uh, I think there's just too much going on here to really. <laughs> really think it one way or the other um i just wish it was less me too shit and more just b-movie fun stuff and i think that would have been okay but uh you know you got that coming up guys with kong versus godzilla so (laughs) just hang in there for a couple weeks guys you know cgi creatures beating the shit out of each other for two and a half hours uh and you'll be all right don't worry about the gremlin here which looks terrible uh yeah yeah and uh and i was actually thinking about that so you got kong versus Godzilla or like whatever the subtitle for that damn thing is and and you know a you know for a fact that the entire film is not going to actually have them fighting each other like they're actually going to fight for what 10 minutes no I think minutes. it's I think it is though I think there's a lot of Kong versus Godzilla in that one I don't, they said that one sequence is 20 minutes I guess on the okay. aircraft character I know no I think I think Paul you're getting your money's worth on HBO Max Folks, it's on 31st on HBO Max. If you want to see a 100-foot Kong beat up a 100-foot Godzilla, this may be your uh, film. And we may, I think we may or may not have an episode coming up uh, dealing with that shit. <laughs> not that shit, but the shit before that shit. Uh, man, I'm so sick of seeing CGI creatures beating the crap out of each other. But, uh, yeah, Paul, I think you might get more than 10 minutes out of that one. Okay, well, that's good. Cause yeah, I, cause yeah I was you might be okay. Was... You got your HBO Max. You might want to tune in on that one because... Uh, yeah, I think they're going to be beaten. I think that's the whole film, basically, is them just going at One's going to die. Anybody give a shit? No, it's all CGI creatures. But if you watch the original film, it was a stalemate. Am I correct? I think they so. Both survived. Yeah, I they mean, both survived. Yeah, obviously yeah. back then they didn't want yeah. to kill off probably well, the no, two and they, and, and they shouldn't do it here. Right, exactly. They shouldn't do it here. So hopefully it'll be a stalemate again. And, uh, yeah, you can't kill off one or the other. What the hell's wrong with you people? But anyway, yeah, that'll be coming up if you, yeah, if you, if you're not, if you don't have your fill of CGI creatures getting the shit beat out of them after this movie, uh, thirty yeah. first, guys. Yeah, and uh, and if you if you want to, you know, to get your Jones in before then, just go back and watch Pacific Rim because I mean, come on. Ah, uh, no, go back and watch the other Godzilla movies, right? <laughs> yeah, we may or may not have flushed one of them. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, there's a lot of. Yeah, and that's a whole separate thing. Uh, but here, you know, you have a live actor speeding up a CGI creature. That's kind of more fun. At least if one of them is real. I don't know, but uh, we could argue that. But uh, well, that now, now, last question then yes. before we uh, before we just wrap everything up. So, who did that better then? So, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz beating up the Gremlin in this, or? Sean Austin beating up Smeagol slash Gollum oh, in Lord of the Rings. On. Do you really have to even answer? <laughs> Do I have to answer that question? If you're not seeing Lord of the Rings in the trilogy, come on. That's Hey, that's I wasn't expecting go. an actual answer to that. We all know yeah, the answer. Yeah, and you're not getting one. Yeah, we all know the answer to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, give, I give credit for Calligraphy Smith for doing 100. She's 100% in this film, I guess I should say. I will cite that. I mean, but then again, we've already talked about she's a very good actress, <laughs> and, uh, and she deserves better work than this crap. Uh, but yeah, which she, she did really beat up that fucking CGI. <laughs> that poor guy in a green suit, that poor bastard stunt actor that had to fucking take that hit in that, uh, and then we replaced by this CGI bat creature, which is a, it's a dumb sequence at the end of this film. No, go watch Lord of the Rings again for Christ or Batman versus <laughs> Superman or fucking justice league coming up. Right. I don't know if this is going to be out when that comes up, but, uh, yeah, there's plenty of other CGI things you can be watching. Uh, than this film, but uh, I just—it's a half a B movie. I wish it was a whole B movie. I wish it was more low budget. I wish it was puppets, and I <laughs> wish it was less B two. And I think you would have had a better film. But then again, Paul, where you where are you going with this? I mean, you're getting into well, if you do that, you're taking away from the other Gremlins films like Gremlins one and two, mm-hmm. and the two Twilight Zone episodes, which I think arguably did all of this better. Like it's just they're just better fun films. Than, than this, this thing. And this, and this gremlin doesn't even look like a gremlin. It looks like a stupid bat. <laughs> and like something out of a, uh, the, uh, the King Kong, right? Peter Jackson's King Kong movie. Like it's something that wandered over from that production from Skull Island. I think that's where they landed, Paul. <laughs> I think that end sequence, they landed on Skull Island. And they're going to meet up with Jack Black and fucking... <laughs> <laughs> 
and Naomi Watts for the for the sequel to that. So there's yeah, some weirdness going on there. It doesn't really gel, but just go watch guys, go watch those those other gremlin stuff, which is way more fun. <laughs> yeah, and, and and like I said in the thing, I, I think if they'd really only had the gremlin like in the last like actually properly on screen in the last maybe ten minutes. Yes. Then I think it would have been better overall. Uh, I agree. And, and I agree. you know, I yeah, this is definitely one of those films that, as I said, I enjoyed, but I will very, very much pick and choose who I recommend this film to because you've got to know your audience, you've got to know like what they would be comfortable with, and if they would be able to kind of really suspend their disbelief for it. Well, if they liked Overlord, I think they might like this yeah. one. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, it's a good double feature. I guess, yeah, it's a real, it's a, this is a tough call, Paul. It's a really tough call <laughs> of what the audience is and who you recommend to. I, I'm not going to recommend this to anybody because uh, I think it's, you know, just, uh, it, it, I think she shot her water with the Me Too shit. I think that really threw everybody out of the film and nothing else, it, she can't recoup it and then you have a, you know, there's no puppetry. I, I, I personally like that. It would have been nice to see a couple puppets here, but um, we got none of that. So, yeah. That's it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and after that incredibly high energy ending, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's my my two thumbs down on this this <laughs> bullshit. Uh, go watch Godzilla vs King Kong coming up thirty first. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'll finish it there. So uh, I'll kick it on over to you then so uh first and foremost if people did want to find you and the things that you do online uh if you know <laughs> they probably don't want to but uh, yeah, they're not gonna want to but if you do guys it's not gonna be around for long uh i we do a show called soil restroom cinema but uh, after after many years since 2013 we're gonna be retiring that show but uh if you already subscribed to the show do not uh do not fret because on the same feed, we are rebranding the show. So we're going to be doing the same bullshit, but in a very new context. I'm not going to tell you what that is. You're going to have a, a trailer coming up for that if you subscribe to us. It's going to be awesome. So we're, we're tired. We're getting out of the restroom, and we're going to be doing We're going to be something cooler, hopefully cooler, uh, but doing the same thing of ripping on really bad films. So don't, don't worry about that. Right now, the signalsoffury.com is the website, and you can just uh, type in Soil Restroom Cinema in your podcast uh, app of choice. Uh, whether Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, type in Soil Restroom Center. You can follow us there. Signals of Fury, at Signals of Fury at, um, on Twitter. And, of course, on Facebook, you can file uh, Soil Restroom Cinema for now. And then we'll give you all the information on our, our rebrand, uh, which Paul's going to be involved in. He's going to be hanging out with us uh, on future episodes and stuff like that. So that's where we are at. There you go. Yeah, and, uh, and I will, once that... Uh, promo is out i'm going to put it at the end of whatever episode uh will be next recorded so that you guys can hear that if you're not already connected to that feed and then hopefully that will remind you to go and subscribe to that because uh yeah definitely go back and check out the uh, the back catalog of sort of Western cinema because yeah, I, I have yeah, been they on will. it a lot. So. Yeah, Paul's been on it a lot, and that's why he's staying with us for the rebrand. We should mention that. Also, folks, when when the rebrand happens, those back episodes are going to start disappearing. We're going to be getting rid of some of the one the more questionable ones of uh, for copyright infringement and just blatant racism. Like there's some, there's shit that's going to disappear. Uh, so if you have to get caught up on Soil Western cinema back episodes, now is the time. Because I guarantee you that's gonna uh, as we push forward into the future uh, with Mr. Hawkins here, and we have uh, we have some other people coming on our show. It's gonna be amazing. So there you go. <laughs> Get it now while you can. Yeah, there you go. And uh, and as I said at the beginning, obviously Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just search Blockbusters. I mean, you're, you're listening to this, so you know the name, so you should probably be able to find it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I also we also have a Discord at the moment where anyone can come in and suggest for films if they want to you know, possibly influence what's going to be coming up next. And if you want to come on as a guest, if you join that and let me know, I will get you in the guest role and you can, you know, figure out times and stuff for us there. So yeah, definitely come check that out. Uh, if you go to the Blockbusters Twitter, then we have a link on there that you can click on. It'll bring you straight to the Discord uh, and I'll put it in the show notes as well, so you guys can click on it if you want to. And let's see, is there anything else? I think that's it. I believe we've covered uh, everything that we want to for this. And um, and also, 
Speaking of that rebranding, you might want to subscribe to that because you might hear something somewhat similar to uh, to what we talked about on there. You know, who knows? <laughs> you might, you might. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, thank you for coming on and talking about this, Donna. No I, I My pleasure. Obviously, it was a huge chore for you, but uh, <laughs> we seem to have got some some content out of it. <laughs> But yes, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys had fun listening to it, and I'll see you next time. Bye. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.